Did Brazil just hit another deforestation record? And why has this been a good week for the oil company ConocoPhillips? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckersphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Tuesday, July 12th. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Unfortunately, all we have today are extreme weather events and climate fails, so brace yourself. Let's start with the extreme weather events. Torrential rains have wreaked havoc on Pakistan for over a week now, and it has resulted in deadly floods. 135 people have been killed and hundreds left homeless. Like we've seen in South Africa, India, and Brazil, the flooding has disproportionately impacted poor communities, with the worst hit area being the poor southern province of Balochistan, where 57 people were killed. At least 10 dams were breached, and authorities told people to evacuate their homes as a consequence. The death toll might rise in the coming days. Then in Europe, Spain is in its second heat wave of the year, reaching a high of 110 degrees Fahrenheit or 43 degrees Celsius. Like last time, the hot air is coming from North Africa, and the heat is likely to last through most of the week. There's a high risk of forest fires. And then in the U.S., a fire has started in California's Yosemite National Park. Dubbed the Washburn Fire, it's threatening 500 old-growth sequoias in the Mariposa Grove. It started at the end of last week and has since doubled in size. 1,600 people, mostly tourists, have been evacuated. The fire is not contained at all right now. Many of those sequoias are over 3,000 years old, and while old-growth trees are more fire-resistant than the newer ones, fires are burning hotter and faster than they used to. Old-growth trees are essential for maintaining healthy ecosystems, and they are the trees that absorb the most carbon from the atmosphere. Firefighters are doing everything they can to save these trees from burning. And now we head straight into the climate fails. Brazil has hit a new record for Amazon deforestation for the first half of this year, according to the Brazilian Space Agency. An area five times the size of New York City was deforested since January, pushing the essential ecosystem closer to becoming a savanna and a carbon source instead of a carbon sink. The Amazon rainforest has lost 17% of its forests in the last 50 years, mostly to make way for big agriculture and mining. Locals and private landlords have purposely set parts on fire to avoid the responsibility of deforesting, not that the Brazil government would do much about it anyways. Brazil has the most deforested land in Amazonia due to the Bolsonaro regime choosing short-term profits over long-term environmental health. We talked yesterday about how a lot of that land has been stolen from indigenous groups who would have likely conserved the forest otherwise. Not only is the rainforest important for taking up CO2 from the atmosphere, but it also cools the surrounding environment through transpiration. This might impact places as far north as Mexico and the U.S. In another part of South America, a Colombian court has ruled in favor of fossil fuel development after a lawsuit attempted to nullify regulations for fracking. The decision allows seven non-conventional energy contracts worth $517.4 million to move forward in the Caesar province. Four of those contracts are for the coal miner Drummond, one is for the oil company Pamex, and two are for the oil company ConocoPhillips. ConocoPhillips will come up again in a second. What should be interesting is the next president, Gustavo Petro, ran on the platform of ending fracking in the country. He takes office in August. In the U.S., the Biden administration continues to move away from its promise to stop all oil and gas production on federal lands by signaling support for the controversial Willow Oil Project in the National Petroleum Reserve of Alaska. 
The project will be run by Quantico Phillips and was initially approved by the Trump administration before a court ruled the project illegitimate because it didn't account for climate change and wildlife disruption in its environmental assessments. The oil company plans to have five drill sites, a processing facility, hundreds of miles of pipelines, nearly 40 new gravel roads, seven bridges, an airstrip, and a gravel mine in the region known for polar bears, caribou, and migratory birds. On Friday, Biden issued a new environmental analysis to be conducted in which the Interior Department concluded the project would produce more than 180,000 barrels of crude oil a day and emit at least 278 million metric tons of CO2 during its 30-year lifetime from construction and drilling activity as well as the crude oil being burned. The analysis came with several different options of how to proceed from not drilling at all to having less drilling sites. The agency will make its final decision after a public comment period. Biden is supposedly doing this along with issuing other lease sales on federal lands and waters over the past two weeks in the name of bringing down energy costs. But new projects take years before they impact the market. So these projects will just further the U.S.'s reliance on fossil fuels for years to come. The International Energy Agency and the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change have both said that there should be no new large fossil fuel projects if we are to keep warming below 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. Like the offshore oil projects, Biden has left it up to the Interior Department to decide the fate of the project. I'll keep you posted. Meanwhile, a state court temporarily blocked Pennsylvania from participating in the regional greenhouse gas initiative shared with other East Coast states, siding instead with coal interests. Participating in the program would mean implementing, administering, and enforcing a carbon pricing policy meant to curb power plant emissions. This feels like what happened on a national level recently, but now it's at a state level. Governor Wolf plans to appeal this decision in the state Supreme Court. Originally, this governor made Pennsylvania the first major fossil fuel state to adopt a carbon pricing policy. Pennsylvania is the third largest coal-producing state in the country. The tax would have started on Friday if not for this injunction. We'll have to see how this appeal goes. And that was your depressing and short climate recap for Tuesday, July 12th. Hopefully tomorrow we'll have more good news. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.